0: Hey guys, Bryce here from Flex Cortex. All content on the Flex Cortex podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitution for medical advice from a qualified health professional. Thank you and enjoy the podcast. What's happening, guys? Welcome to this week's episode of Flex Cortex. Today I'll be speaking with Janelle Martins. She is a fellow Prescript Level 1 coach. Janelle is an in-person coach located out of Fit in Edmonton and Cruise Gym in Saskatchewan. Today we will be talking about women's physiology, so there will be some very important things to consider when training females instead of males. Uh, We talked about some physiological stuff, but also just some considerations for programming and some stuff that you should be tracking and trying to implement so that way you can train them successfully and that way they can keep seeing progress. If you want to follow her on Instagram, her Instagram is at JanelleFit, so J-A-N-E-L-L-E dot fit. Um, Then I also have her Instagram linked for you guys' convenience, so you guys can ask her any questions related to women's physiology or coaching. But I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Thanks for tuning in. So uh, what sports have you played or are playing currently?
1: Um, well I grew up in small town Saskatchewan. So you if you were athletic, you played on every sports team there was. Um, so I did uh baseball, soccer, curling, figure skating, volleyball, badminton, swimming. I think that was about it. That was all we had besides basketball. I didn't do basketball. Um, and then I still um when I'm in Edmonton, I like to play volleyball. Um, with the ESSC so play in there some of their a uh, little bit more competitive leagues or like beach ball yeah that kind of a thing
0: so when mm-hmm. when you were back when you were playing sports then was it just like more for rec or did you play at like a more of a competitive level
1: uh, It was all just high school sports so okay nothing nothing beyond that unfortunately
0: yeah so now the only thing you do is you said volleyball right when you come back, to, when you're in Yeah. okay. So yeah. that's just like a rec, mm-hmm. like a rec league.
1: Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So what that. made you, what made you want to, um, get into personal training then?
1: Um, I, well, I went after high school sports ended, all of my activity levels ended <laughs> and mm-hmm. I did nothing. Um, like sports wise, fitness wise, for quite a few years. So, got extremely out of shape, extremely overweight, felt like garbage all the time, extremely exhausted. Then, um, I was living in Australia in 2010 and probably at the worst shape I've ever been in my life. I was almost 200 pounds and just honestly not, not feeling or doing great. So, when I got back to Canada, I, uh, ordered turbo jam from beach body off of an infomercial and yeah. got started with that like off and on here and there, but at least it kind of got me started into the fitness realm. Yeah. Um, cause I had never stepped foot in a gym ever. The only thing I did was sports it was the only kind of fitness I'd ever done. Um, yeah. And then when I moved to Edmonton, I was like, okay, I need to actually do something and like follow a plan because I need to make an actual change because my health is declining. I was getting lots of pain and just, um, again, just extreme fatigue and just not, not doing what I thought a 20 year old should do, you know, just not feeling the way you should. So I ordered insanity from beach body and did that for two months Um, followed it to a T and went through like a huge, like weight loss transformation, fell in love with fitness, fell in love with health. And like, it literally revamped my whole relationship with food. Um, I had never felt so incredible in my life. And then that just kind of kicked me off into being like, okay, this, I want this to be my lifestyle. Um, so then I started pursuing fitness from the beach body home workout Avenue for about a year, um, and then I had an instructor from McEwen be like, "Hey, you should come try CrossFit. You look, I think you'd be really strong at it, and you'd like it." Um, so straight from home workouts to CrossFit, <laughs> like two uh, extremes of the spectrum. <laughs> but I loved CrossFit, and uh, yeah, it was a crazy amount of fun, but it was just very expensive. So yeah. I kind of had to stop that because I was a student. Um, and then started going to the gym with friends because I was petrified of stepping foot into the gym. So I would only go if a friend would go with me and tell me exactly what to do at every little spot. Um, and then eventually I got a trainer at world health. Cause I was like, okay, I need to be able to come into the gym on my own and like feel like I have some clue of what to do. Um, so did that, that was good for just building confidence and, yeah, learning the equipment, <clears throat> kind of learning how to structure a workout a bit. And then I won free personal training sessions at Free Fit with just Jordan. And uh yeah, that was literally kind of like a pivotal point, I think, in my whole fitness journey. Um fell in love with the crew there, fell in love with that gym, with the atmosphere, the environment, all that kind of stuff. Switched to training with Tony. Um the owner and um annoyed the crap out of him with questions after questions after questions in every single session until he was like so what do you think about becoming a trainer (laughs) and yeah so that's that's how that went
0: (laughs) how was the transition from the beach body stuff to crossfit
1: um, I think it actually worked well because I loved, um, the whole, like push yourself until you're literally crawling on the floor out of there. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's why I also loved CrossFit so much is because it was like the, like pedal to the metal, full sand, push as hard as you freaking can make your body go. Yeah. And then, yeah, just, Yeah. So yeah, I love that aspect. Um, got really beat up, but at that time in my life, I loved that.
0: Yeah, how long did you do, did you do CrossFit for? Because it was a at the end of the day, it was a cost thing, right? But how long did you how long mm-hmm. were you doing it for before you switched? I
1: think it was probably about six months because I did their like intro. They had an intro course for a couple months where you could actually learn the different barbell movements because I hadn't really touched a barbell before right. that. Um, and so that was really good. And then I kind of started going to their regular, um, wads. Okay. For probably about four, four months after that, four or five months.
0: And then you transitioned over to, you said world health, right? And then that's when you started training. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. So obviously working with a trainer kind of opened you up to wanting to get into training.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And then, uh,
1: yeah, that was a big, a big step. Yeah.
0: So what, what was that like aha moment for you? Like when, when were you doing personal, like when were you doing training with, with a coach? And then at some point, like, what was that for you when you're like, this is something that I want to do or this is something that I see myself doing?
1: Um, I think it was when I was training with Tony and just like, he kind of took me back to the very basics and re-taught me how to move in all like, you know, squats, lunges, deadlifts, the whole thing. Cause I hadn't really ever had like a full technique breakdown on these movements. And so I think there was just like that lack of confidence in being like, like, I know I move well because I'm athletic, but I don't know if I'm actually doing this right. Um, And so it was just that, I think a level of confidence to being like, oh, okay, now I actually understand this stuff. And now I think just being able to pick his brain constantly and being like, oh, okay, I'm getting a bit more of a grasp on this stuff. And I'm so like, like growing more passionate about it that I was like, I want other people to experience this.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Cause it's such a different thing from just like going into the gym and picking some random exercises just to move. Into like actually being like, no, I have a goal and this is what I need to get there. Yeah. And actually having an understanding around that. And so then you actually see the changes that you want. And then it's just like these, you know, moments of epiphany and you're just like, oh, okay. I want other people to experience this.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because it's,
1: it's, it's not hard. You just need guidance.
0: Yeah, totally. It's one of those things that I think everybody needs to experience or... You know, needs to go through. It's cool to see where people come from and mm-hmm. like what was that moment for them that they're like, "Hey, this is something that I want to try and make a go of," and like their reasoning behind yep. it because everybody has their own mm-hmm. deep reason for wanting to get into coaching. Um, but yeah. I think that it's yeah, it was just really like rewarding.
1: Yeah, learning learning to move well, learning to move properly, because that is a huge transfer to your daily life. Where it's like all yeah. of a sudden, you know, you go to pick up a box and you're like, oh no, wait, I actually know how to do this properly and like yeah. use my legs and use my core. And, and, you know, and it's just like, all of a sudden you have these little moments in your daily life where you're just like, I'm just carrying like six bags of groceries casually. And, uh, it's fine. <laughs> like, oh, wow, this is cool. It's a flex. Um, But yeah, just those moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just learning to move properly, I think is a huge, huge game changer. And it was for me. And then going through, like working through some pain and injuries and stuff like that and getting past that through physio and strength training. was like a big thing was like, this is so simple, but it's just so many people miss out on this point and just like live with the pain. And you're just like, if you just learned how to move properly your life would be exceedingly better. Um, yeah. So it was also my journey through pain and injury that was also a huge part of it too. It was just like, uh, if people only knew.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I feel like, like everybody needs to have that coaching experience at some point in time. Um, when I'm talking to mm-hmm. most of my clients, I actually tell them that I wish I had a coach from the beginning because I actually didn't have a coach for a long time. Um, but then I had a powerlifting mm-hmm. coach for a while. Like I was working with Shane Martin for a while. I'm sure you know who Shane is. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and yep. And then I've been working with Eric now for like Bulgaria. I've been working with Eric now mm-hmm. for, yeah. uh, I don't even know, nine months, 10 months. Um, okay. Yep. Yeah. But, like, just the amount that you learn, especially as a coach, right, from other coaches, from their mm-hmm. experiences, from how they program, from how they think, like, it's a very mm-hmm. beneficial tool to grow as a coach yourself. But um, just from, like, an outside perspective as, like, being somebody who just wants to get into fitness and learn, like, having the second set of eyes, having somebody, like, give you that structure, that yeah. routine, like, it's so beneficial. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think it's so important that you brought it up. Um, I think a lot yeah. of it just comes down to people not wanting to, like, feel vulnerable and feel like they don't know what they're Mm -hmm. doing but like i think people need to realize that everyone is at that point at some point in time like when you first start Mm -hmm. like a lot of us were just winging it like for me i was reading like bodybuilding.com articles like back in the day like the free ones because i didn't have money because i was a student Mm -hmm. and i was like oh (laughs) 21 you know 21 bicep curls uh, (laughs) um shortcut to size (laughs) shortcut to shreds and i was like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah this is this is it right but it's nice yeah. to have some like that that resource. But it's also so beneficial to have something like customized to you, based mm-hmm. off of your own experience level and based off of how you move, um, because that's like such a beneficial thing mm-hmm. for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, it's huge, definitely huge.
0: Yeah. So what's your what's your formal like educational background? Like, I know that you did PS level one. Um, so I know that you're also like, mm-hmm. um, part of that cohort. Um, and then I know that you did yeah. AWPT, right? That's the one, that's the one with, uh, mm-hmm. with Kayla from Australia. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but what other ones have you done?
1: Yeah. Um, I did a few, well, I did, I got certified through CanFit fit pro. Yeah. Um, just cause I was told just get in there, get the qu- quickest certification because you'll learn more outside of the classroom. Um, And then I got, I did a few basic nutrition and gen pop training courses through Clean Health Institute out of Australia as well. And then I did a basic nutrition course um, through Hybrid down in Miami with Steffi and Hayden. And then I've just been working through Girls Gone Strong with Molly Galbraith, uh, which is another women's training and nutrition course as well. And then, yeah hoping to make it to the lower body intensive with free script in September,
0: which, yeah, in I'll Hampton. probably see you there. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah that will be good. Yeah. So, um, yeah.
0: I would, uh, I would definitely agree on. though. I would definitely agree. Like, sorry, just to go off that last point though, about like just mm-hmm. getting, getting your feet wet and just like working in the field. Um, like, I feel yeah. like that's a good way to just kind of get into it. I mean, like, I went the whole route of, like, I went to Nate, like, which is, like, at a, you know, college out here in Edmonton, I'm sure you know, Um, did the mm-hmm. whole, like, PFT program there. So, like, got the diploma and stuff. But, you know, if you also want to just go the route of, like, doing your can fit and, like, just getting your feet wet right away and, like, getting working, I think that's also very beneficial because you still will learn, like, so much in your first year of training, like, Even coming out of Nate, like, there are so many things that I thought was right that was Mm -hmm. clearly not right. Or, like, that thought process changed so much over that first year of coaching. Um, And that's why I think it's very beneficial that you just kind of, you jumped in, got your feet wet, got some experience, got the reps in, right? And um, Mm -hmm. obviously, you've been able to kind of find what piques your interest and, like, gone that route now, which seems like a lot of it's towards women's health, which is really cool.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely got into that, but yeah, I just kind of started. It was kind of neat being able to jump into uh, like Free Fit's community. Yeah, because um, those guys kind of just became my mentors, and like just a solid, solid, solid crew. Um, definitely, highly recommend. I'm gonna shamelessly plug Free Fitness, <laughs> um, but yeah, just an incredible group of trainers and educators and, uh, yeah, just some solid dudes.
0: Yeah. Cause I, We're I really know grateful them. for that. I, I know some of them mm-hmm. for sure. Just through, um, being like in the fitness space, I guess in Edmonton. Um, but I did meet, I think it was Tony at, um, a meet back in, oh, I want to say like 2018. I think Mm -hmm. he was handling an athlete there or he was like maybe there with like a booth or something, but that was when I had met him initially. And he was, he was really friendly. And we like, obviously we chatted a little bit just about like Mm -hmm. just fitness stuff, just bantered, but it was, it was cool. So.
1: Mm -hmm. Unless it was in 2019 and then it might've been me (laughs) that he was coaching at a meet.
0: Honestly, it could have been, it was pre COVID. That's all I know. It was definitely pre COVID because um, that's mm-hmm. when I was competing. Like I was there competing.
1: Oh okay, yeah. Because yeah. 2019 was my very first competition, and Tony was my coach. So Interesting. Might have been, been. Maybe was Might have been, been so weird. there.
0: Weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So I guess to jump into <laughs> training, right? Um, where mm-hmm. does your Current passion lie for training for yourself. Like, what are you trying to train for currently?
1: Uh, yeah. So I am doing powerlifting training because I am competing in the Alberta provincials at beginning of July, and then in Canadian Westerns in September, and then hopefully we'll be in nationals early next year.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm. So is this your second meet then, or did you compete after the one in twenty nineteen?
1: Yeah, I did two last fall. Um, one was with the global global powerlifting community, the GPC, in Calgary, uh, which is a super fun meet. And then I did another one with the APU, the Oil King in Edmonton, Oil Cup.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: That's what it's called? Yeah. Oil, Oil
0: cup. cup, yeah. That's the one mm-hmm. that Shane runs.
1: Yeah so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so I did those last fall.
0: So what are you what are you hoping to hit for openers? We'll say we'll say pounds for people because I think that's easier, but or kilos, whatever <laughs> you want to talk about. But I, say,
1: I don't know kilos.
0: So let's let's say pounds. <laughs> I'm the kid for, in the gym
1: pulling out my
0: <laughs> the, my
1: converter the, the, every time. I actually have to use like standard competition plates. I'm like I don't know what this is. I have to Google it all. The, the calculator.
0: Time. It's uh. <laughs> yeah. It's. One kilo is 2.2046 pounds. Ask me why I know that. Wow. Because because (laughs) I've competed before (laughs) because I have
1: athletes. (laughs) I'm like, no, I need the little conversion chart or I need Google. I can't. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I'm getting better at it now, finally. Uh, It's like 2.2. So I'm like, it's a little bit over two times. Getting decent at it. Yeah.
1: But I see because I've always, majority of the time, trained in like small or commercial gyms. So it's yeah. all like bumper plates or steel plates in pounds.
0: <laughs> so are, are you regularly training still. with comp equipment now?
1: No. Mm-mm. Okay.
0: So you're still rocking, rocking pound I think plates. I've o-
1: oh, yeah. I think I've only <laughs> touched um, comp equipment when, I've, when I go to Toronto and I train at Fortis. Um, or in Edmonton, when I will occasionally go to Evolve. That's my only, uh, my <laughs> my only experience with comp play. <laughs> I've never, which is kind uh, of fun going to yeah. competition day, and you're just like, oh wow, everything's just so pristine and <laughs>
0: nice. So yeah, <laughs> I've never been to Fortis, but Fortis is the one that uh, it's a bigger gym I know than like Ontario, and killian trains there quite a bit right yeah okay
1: yeah which is how i heard of it yeah yeah and then i got to know some um some other people there that train there some of his other clients and stuff as well
0: cool is is that where you're from
1: no i'm from saskatchewan so
0: how so were you just going there for like uh
1: yeah just for for visiting and like traveling through and stuff okay so I was going there pretty often, actually, the last six months. So I just hit up Fortis whenever I was in Toronto yep. it's, a, it's a real nice gym. looks
0: like a nice gym, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: From what I've, from what I've seen from videos anyways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Good, good, uh, really good, like environment and atmosphere in there as well. Yeah. Everybody's kind of, yeah, very community minded, so it's cool.
0: Yeah, it is cool for sure. It's just like training a different facility because right now I've just been training through like commercial gym because that's where I just I work currently, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Yeah. Like it's totally cool, but I uh, definitely will probably be going to evolve occasionally if I'm wanting to compete again because mm-hmm. you do have to yeah. get used to kilo plates because they feel different. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, in June here, I'm going to start probably going to evolve more because I'm... <laughs> yeah need to get a bit more of that exposure to the real thing
0: yeah and realize like not whippy whippy commercial equipment <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, I'm like man these bumper plates just fly yeah, just like it's a good ego ego boost <laughs> yeah
0: unload the bar it's just bending when you un when you unrack it it's a, it's a stunt yep
1: <laughs> yeah. oh man yeah yeah
0: well, yeah it's hopefully great. it goes well i'm sure I'll, I'll see the updates on on instagram but
1: mm-hmm. yeah and you're training out of movati
0: yeah now? yeah okay yeah
1: i haven't checked it out i want to come
0: it's nice it's come check it's, out it's the Mavati. first one out here like in western canada right mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: the rest yeah. of them are all in ontario oh nice but
1: yeah i'll have to come uh you'll have to come take me through a session yeah
0: for sure i think um really fun I think who else? So I trained with um, Schultz recently Brandon um, mm-hmm. and that, mm-hmm. was really fu- that was really fun that was really fun cuz he had never really been to my mm-hmm. body before but he worked with a lot of the other the other, the other team like a lot of our team okay Um. Yeah. and I've trained with Blake there Tachuk maybe you know who he is okay
1: Um. I just met him like two weeks ago yeah
0: Oh yeah yeah and then I oh yeah at Evolve right yeah yeah <laughs> and then I used to work with Sierra so that's how I know Sierra Okay. Yeah. Because we, mm-hmm. we used to work together at Good Life at Clairview.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So
0: then she's come to oh, Mobati, nice. I think, once or twice before, just because she was like mm-hmm. in that area. Because I know it's not super close to her because I think she still lives north, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. She lives super north.
0: So that's like not remotely close for yeah. her at all.
1: <laughs> no. That's the one thing. That's the one thing that, I, or the one reason I haven't gone down there is because I'm like, it's just so far from like, anywhere that i do my regular stuff yeah but i'll make it down there
0: it's nice it has um we have a bunch of like atlantis stuff um there's a lot of like Mm -hmm. there's a lot a lot of um techno gym stuff like life fitness stuff um and then yeah we have torque so the racks aren't amazing but (laughs) Mm. i wish we had rogue
1: yeah yeah
0: but that's okay
1: no it'd be cool to check out though. yeah
0: for sure let me know if you're if you're in the area and then we'll off we'll to train
1: yeah mm-hmm. um you fine
0: so what are some of the key differences that you'd say between training males and females whether it's like we could talk physical like physiologically as well um or we could also talk about like programming we could talk about like just honestly kind of anything you could think of at the top of your head because i do think that it's all important stuff to be considered um Then we'll also just go over some stuff that you kind of like implement for training different genders too.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I guess some of the basic, just to brush over the physiological stuff is like women have wider, have a wider hips. Um, So it's going to affect their Q angle or the quadriceps angle. So how much their hips are coming, or how much their legs are coming out of their hips and then down into their knees. So women are more susceptible to knee injuries because of that. If they um, have quite a large angle there. Uh, Same thing with arms. Our arms come out wider from our bodies because we have to make room for our hips. Um, So things like doing a lot of unilateral work. So single arm bicep curls where you're leaning over slightly so you can actually line up your bicep perpendicular to the floor. Tricep work, um, single leg hamstring curls, single leg leg extensions. so They can actually line up your hip and knee. Um, Squat stance. It's all going to play a part in hip width and all that kind of stuff. Um, Same with like women, because we tend to stand in a lordotic state most of the day. So our hips are dumped forward. Our core is completely released and open. Our ribs are flared and it's all that pressure into your lower back. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just bringing a lot of awareness and kind of reiterating over and over getting, teaching them how to keep those ribs stacked over the pelvis, keep that core braced, keep that, that kind of, Closed per se, rather than just kind of popped open. Um, then there's just there's less structure around our lower back because our rib cage is rounder and shorter than men, um, so it's just a potential for more injury there. But kind of depends. Um, and then things like women have less androgen receptors in their upper body, which is why we struggle to gain more muscle in our upper body than men. Cause we tend to carry more in our lower body. Hence why lots of women have freaking strong legs. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's just kind of some of those little things that you just don't really think about. You're like, oh, okay, this makes sense. Um, yeah. But I was actually reading a meta analysis by Greg Knuckles the other day um, that said that men and women actually increase relative muscle mass, like muscle size and strength at, pretty much the same rate. Interesting. Um, which is interesting, yeah. Um, yeah, because they'd always thought that men were drastically higher. I don't know. Part of it, I think, also, is just the realization of women have no clue how much power they actually have. And it's just, like, getting them to that realization of, like, their capacity. Yeah. And so... I just find, like, women have such, like, insane, um, like, increases in strength and stuff, like, off the bat when they first start training is because they just don't actually have a clue (laughs) how much they can do, and so it's just, like, with men, I'd find it's not, it's not such a huge increase, yeah, um, variation, yeah, Yeah. but it's just because women just have not pushed themselves that way, um, And so it's, that is also, I think one of the most rewarding things to see is when a client starts picking up heavier weights and you just see their eyes like light up at just like this self-empowerment and just being like, holy crap, I can actually do this, you know? And you're just like, you tell, you tell them, okay, we're going to put away the three pound weights (laughs) and you're going to, you're going to grab a 10. And their eyes bulge out of their head and they're like, I don't think I can do this. And in your head, you're like, I know damn well you're going to be able to lift 25 or 30 pounds right now, but I'm only going to give you a 10 yeah, yeah, (laughs) because we're going to make our way up there so you don't completely freak out. But it's just getting that realization because I'm like, you you carry a child around on your hip all day. You're carrying groceries. You're carrying overpacked suitcases. You know, it's just like you're carrying heavy ass purses around all the time why are you picking up two pound weights in the gym? <laughs> but it's just yeah. having that conversation and linking that to their daily life where they're like, oh, right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do think a lot of it is linked to just like that norm or that societal norm around like getting too like quote unquote mm-hmm. bulky. And they're like, oh, I'm, yeah. like they're worried that they're going to get too big. Whereas like you just said, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: n- noticeably less like receptors in the upper body you know more in the lower body so like it's physically impossible unless you're taking Mm -hmm. some stuff to help a performance so um yeah yeah (laughs) yeah but but i think that's that's where it's revolved around right it's Mm -hmm. like oh i don't want to get too big so then they associate like okay if i do if i do less weight you know higher reps that classic you know association then Mm -hmm. i'll you know get more quote-unquote toned um or just like look like i have more visible Mm -hmm. muscle um which i mean is
1: yeah
0: you know there's a debate for that but Mm -hmm. um it's it's good to it's good to know and i think again to kind of add to that too is i and i think this Mm -hmm. just refers to any new clients in general um is people just have to learn what effort actually is um Mm -hmm. because i think what i think what people perceive to be as like effort is actually so different from person to person
1: hmm Yeah, for sure.
0: Learning how to actually Yeah, and, de- and and I was
1: like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and and depending on age and, you know, their their training backgrounds, like were they athletic as kids or were they not? Were they Yeah, you know, that all plays a part into it as well.
0: Yeah. I'll um, uh, I'll give a good example. So this one client, she's like has been with me for very long. But we were doing just like a leg press today and it was actually today so this is a good example um i had like a plate on each side with like a 10 and she hit it for like 10 reps you know we're just working on tempo Mm positioning stuff right now and i was like hey like how many do you think you had left with that and she's like oh it was pretty hard so like maybe 10 i'm like 10 more and she's like yeah i'm like okay so then i went and i stripped the 10s off and i put on a 25 (laughs) and i was like you can do this Mm -hmm. no problem and she's like, "Really?" I was like, yeah. "Yes, you're mm-hmm. good," and she's like, "Okay, yeah, but yeah." That's just that's just like mm-hmm. you know to prove that people way undershoot how strong they are, or way under, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, that that comprehension just isn't there from the beginning because we're they're less just less proprioception, yeah. they're less aware of their own strength. You know, they're new to the gym, they're still trying to mm-hmm. groove patterns, but I would say for sure yeah. that most female clients that I have like get in like see huge strength improvements and like just quality of Mm -hmm. of movement improvements in that first month
1: yeah yeah it's huge and i think that that plays back to the value of having a trainer is just having building that confidence and having that safety net with somebody there to be able to like okay i can push a little harder because i trust that they're gonna keep me safe yeah you know and it's having having that there as well so it's like um i've been getting more and more like elderly clients lately, which I absolutely love. I had no idea that I would like be so passionate about, about training seniors, but um, it's such a different puzzle to um, figure out because they just can't move. Um, But just like the basic things, because you just want to work on basic like balance, proprioception, body awareness, kind of a thing is just huge when you're just you're getting them to practice standing on one leg you know and it's like all of a sudden they go from being able to hold it for three seconds to like 10 15 seconds and all of a sudden they're just you know they're like lit up they're so excited that they're seeing improvements in balance like little things yeah um but yeah it's just having that confidence with somebody there to be like you can do this you can grab a 10 pound weight. It'll be okay.
0: Yeah. And like, that's a big, a big aspect of just coaching too. Right. Is that communication kind of building that rapport from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So like making sure that they actually do trust you, um, Mm -hmm. because you know, you are there for them and you're, you know, you're watching them, you're spotting them and stuff. So, but they have to, you know, believe in you and trust you. Um, I feel mm-hmm. like that's often like an overlooked aspect of coaching and training is like people don't take that time to like establish that relationship, um, like establish yeah. that trust from the beginning, which can be hard to make sales with that too. Cause you know, they're, mm-hmm. they just see through your, your process and they're like, okay, hey, well, he just wants pretty much me for money. Um, versus if you actually are try to try to like show that you care, um, yeah. and see them for, for what they want and kind of where they want to be
1: mm-hmm. yeah which part of it is coming down to like educating and explaining you know the exercise like I want this because of this or you know like watch out for this if you feel that or you know like just to let them know so that they also have a level of confidence and awareness in what they're doing and what to avoid yeah and it kind of lets them like, get you know it gives them that safety that they're like we are here for you.
0: Yeah. You
1: know?
0: Yeah. And I, I think it's, it comes down to like making sure that they're, that it's known that you're there too. So like if they are nervous, just mm-hmm. being like, I'm going to spot you. Like, and I even say it a lot to lots of my yeah. clients too, it's like, I wouldn't put this on if I didn't think you could do it.
1: Yeah. hmm
0: But it's a matter of like yeah. having that
1: established. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's, you know, getting getting that in their heads it's like i know you can do this and i am right here so let's try yeah (laughs) but yeah just giving them that that uh that confidence but yeah but also just with women like they generally tend to fatigue less have better recovery better endurance um that kind of a stuff. So that can also affect how you train and program. Um, but in saying that, it also changes throughout the month. <laughs> so there's the whole. There's a lot of moving pieces. I find with training women. Um, yeah. Every woman's gonna react differently within their cycles, and also cycle to cycle is going to be different for a lot of women. So like what may affect them one month is might be different the next month. So it's just um, having them, I guess, be aware. Um, I'm finding more like most of my female clients are pretty good at tracking stuff. Um, And it's more just having a conversation around them if they're just like, oh, I just felt so exhausted and lethargic and I just like can't. Anything in the gym this week? And I'm like, well, first of all, let's address like work, stress, sleep—that kind of the general stuff. Get that out of the way, and then is where are you at in your cycle? <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay, yeah. So that can be, and some—it's you know, some women are not affected. It just—it really doesn't change things for them. Whereas some, it's like quite drastic changes throughout the month.
0: Yeah, I do think that um, with that, even, even just with this scenario too, it's a lot of it just about creating awareness for people, um, mm-hmm. bringing to the attention like what things should be considered, um, how they should be considered, how they should be like tracked and implemented because they all play a factor in like recovery, you know, performance um, mm-hmm. on a weekly basis or even like a daily basis. So um, would you recommend okay. that, like, would you recommend that as a trainer that you track that as well? Like, um, cause I know that it's obviously there's gonna be some variability in it, but, or would you just say that like mm-hmm. the client themselves should just be able to track it and just like doing like on your check-in calls, just being like asking about all that stuff.
1: I'd say it depends on the, on the trainer. Some just don't feel comfortable because they just don't really understand or, you know, they just, they would rather have the client take responsibility for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it depends on the trainer, I would say also okay. on your client. I mean, at the same time, if you have a client that's like drastic changes throughout the month, then it would probably benefit you to know so that you can adjust their program. Yeah, of course. Um, Depending on what style of training they're doing. So usually like, you know, the first half of the cycle leading up to like ovulation is where you're going to be wanting to like, they're going to have way more energy. They're going to be wanting to push higher loads, intensity, that kind of stuff. And then the last half, you're going to want to kind of lessen things a bit just because there's fatigue and less recoverability and all that kind of stuff because their estrogen is dropping
0: okay interesting
1: so yeah their hormone levels play a huge uh huge factor in it and with nutrition as well um in the last half of their cycle um your leptin hormone is increasing like crazy which is our hunger hormone and in women it's actually four times higher than men wow this is why we get so crazy hangry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's increasing in the last half of the cycle as is um, your energy output, like your body temperature is going up. Your metabolic rate is going up. Um, all this kind of stuff like and your estrogen is dropping, which is usually helps regulate that kind of stuff. So it's all these things are playing into um, craving and fatigue and whatever. So, For nutrition, actually, they say um, you can start increasing your fats in the last half of your cycle. So, like, just even just 100 calories of fats and lowering your carbs um, can help with uh, fatigue management and cravings. Okay. Um, Because women tend to use fat better than carbs. Yeah. Especially around exercise. So... um, that can be a useful tool i found actually with women who are just have intense cravings or fatigue and just can't seem to manage, especially the, like the week before menstruation is like just increasing, bumping up your fats a bit.
0: And it's, um, do you think it's like a, a, a satiety thing? Like it just keeps them.
1: Yeah. Like it just keeps I would say, Yeah. Yeah. And it just like our metabolic rate is going up. So we have the, the extra calories to use <laughs> yeah, and fats are high in calories. So Interesting. Yeah. And just because our hormones are all wonky and um, fats are the building blocks for hormones. So it also plays into that whole cycle as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've been uh, yeah, reading up a lot on estrogen and stuff like that. And it's just, it's crazy. <laughs> It's like whoa, um, but yeah, and then it just becomes more and more important as we age, as well with women to um, get more protein and resistance train because of estrogen dropping. So, yeah, it's crazy. Like our once you hit. Uh, menopause, your estrogen starts dropping like rapidly until it's like slim to none by the end of your days. Uh, whereas men with testosterone, it's just it's a very slow decline and you're still left with quite a bit yeah. at the end. Um so yeah, this it's just like it's yeah, it's wild how much estrogen affects women and it's not just it like it protects muscle mass it helps with muscle building and repairing but it's also good for brain health and heart health and all that kind of stuff so now they're finding that um like postmenopausal women this is why there's links to like dementia and cardiovascular disease and osteoporosis and all this stuff and it's just and a lot of it can be mitigated through um strength training and nutrition mild wild
0: yeah but, yeah if you uh yeah. wanted more reasons to train there's a bunch there <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah 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 it is uh just nuts and then yeah so when you're uh, and you're looking at hormones and and women's cycles and stuff like that um yeah so the first first part of it i guess um it's when you have the lowest injury risk as well. Um, your other hormones are low and then uh, estrogen and your gonadotropins start rising, starting to get getting things ready for just in case, just in case, you know? Yeah. Um. And then once you hit ovulation, which is like day 13 to I don't know, 17 somewhere in there um, that's kind of where everything is peaking. So this is, where sometimes you might want to push your maxes with your female clients so if they're trying to hit prs or they're trying to hit maybe like the 80 percent kind of rp stuff um could be a good time to do it uh because they'll probably have the highest energy and recoverability then right um and then things start kind of dropping off uh, dropping off after that and then uh yeah, so your estrogen starts dropping, all your gonadotropins start dropping, energy starts dropping, um, and then you start also getting a bit more muscle laxity, so you're more prone to injury. Um, so stuff like plyometrics um, can be really harsh on the body because you're just not you have you're not able to recover as well. Again, your muscles are just a lot more lax. That kind of a thing. So. It's just building awareness around and if if women are able to um, start tracking and building awareness and um, also just comparing month to month because week one will look similar to week one of the next month. If you're comparing weights from week one to week four, it's going to look very differently. Uh, which I noticed in my own training. I was looking back this morning and I was like, holy cow. I was like, the start of my month, I'm hitting huge numbers and then it's just a slow decline (laughs) over the month. But if I compare like week one of week one of the next month, it's pretty similar. But it's just like this slow decline. So week one to week four can be very, very different numbers.
0: Yeah, so just making sure that you're actually tracking – based off of consistency, like in trying to use that as a variable to track versus based off of uh, like, what were they doing the first of this block versus the end of the other block?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So more of like a a month-to-month tracking necessarily rather than like week-to-week sometimes Yeah, can be a lot more um, useful.
0: Yeah. I think there's a lot of value in that for sure. uh,
1: aware of the variations throughout the month it's gonna play and that's where like using rpe can be really helpful as well especially with women (laughs) because you're like rpe8 and the first week or two of the month is gonna feel incredible compared to the last two weeks and you might be doing like half the (laughs) weight yeah
0: rpe8 will be rpe10 by the end
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it really will be So it's just kind of wrapping your brain around that sometimes to be like, just ignore the numbers and, uh, we just need to go with your fatigue level today or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think, well, yeah, I think from this, from the sounds of it too, and then just to kind of sum it up, right. It's getting the clients that are comfortable with it to track and have that transparency Mm -hmm. and have that conversation between, you know, with your, with your coach or with your client, um, just so that way you can consider that and make your layout kind Mm -hmm. of accordingly to when they actually, um, like, you know, have their, have their cycle and everything like that. Um, so in that way it's more appropriate to their needs. So that way you're having that variability for them. Mm -hmm. Um, because I feel like that's yes. something that needs to be considered, especially because, you know, I'm sure we've all gone through it. We're like, oh, like this week you're actually, you know, you haven't been able to go up in anything or this week you're actually, you know, the, st- the strength has gone down. And um, mm-hmm. in, know in, in, your, in your brain, like as a coach, you're probably just like, well, like, why is the strength not where it is? And you're like, well, sleep's been yep. decent, you know, food's been okay you know, all that stuff. So I think Mm -hmm. it's important to always keep that kind of in the back of your mind. And, um, obviously if your client is okay with it, having that transparency and that open conversation at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, and it's huge, just like psychologically as well when you're like, why did this, why does this weight feel like an RPA 10 today for whatever reason? And you're just like, Oh, okay, this makes sense. But at the same time, um, it can be different months to month, so it's like you might have felt like crap last month during while you're menstruating and the next month you might go in and hit prs so it's like still having that conversation with them like show up and just see what happens you know and we can kind of deduce from there yeah but um you know also just not using it as an excuse
0: no no for sure <laughs> sometimes
1: to be like oh i just kind of i don't feel good so
0: yeah well for sure and I you think- know
1: it's just it's give there's a line between giving yourself grace but also like showing up and seeing what you can do because you just never know
0: yeah and i think that's the benefit too of like just being able to you know have them come in still kind of like you said it's just like go through the motions and mm-hmm. like still train yeah. Um, but then also just having mm-hmm. them realize too that like why they're having maybe like an off day or like an off week. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. really trying to focus on that um sorry, that transparency and focus mm-hmm. on that that aspect of it because they obviously need to know mm-hmm. like as to why they're having a drop off in performance because I think some people just aren't yeah. aware um as to mm-hmm. the impacts of any of that stuff. Um and how much yep. of a factor it plays
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's huge it's a huge uh, huge part of it <laughs> yeah but no it's good to, if they can have the awareness to be like and part of it is educating them to be like okay well if you go in and you literally feel like you cannot like you're just fatiguing so fast do one set do one two sets whatever drop the load you don't like reps and sets are just a guideline it's not set in stone
0: yeah yeah you know it's just like for
1: sure get in there and just like move your body whatever's gonna make it feel good if you're at the point where you're just nothing is moving the way it wants to
0: (laughs) yeah and i think that's you know i think i think that's the one of the aspects of being like a coach versus being a trainer that's like very important is, Mm -hmm. you know, a coach is actually able to look at that person that day and be like, Hey, you're not, you're not, you know, ready to train at the level that you normally train at today. So let's back off. Mm -hmm. Let's still have you doing something, but let's have you think less and do more in a safe position for you. Right.
1: Yeah. 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 That's for sure. So sometimes, yeah. Ditching the barbell and just doing free weights or machines if you have them available it's like they're still getting that feel-good feeling but it's they're not putting their body under more neurological stress
0: yeah and they're they're still getting stimulus right so like that stimulus Mm -hmm. will still help them get to their goal long term and it's probably going to be good for their body to do something like less physically taxing in that sense too um
1: mm-hmm.
0: but I, I do yeah. also think that the benefit that also kind of reinforces the benefit of doing like weekly check-ins with your clients, right? If they're mm-hmm. if they're in person or if they're online is like how are you feeling this week? And then having them kind of go through a list of stuff to answer. Um so that way you kind of know which approach yeah. to take for that week for that programming. Cause like you mentioned, like it's there's gonna be some variability with everything. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so a lot of yeah. it is going to be, so it can
1: be beneficial if the coat, if the coach is like comfortable with it, it can be beneficial for them to know where someone is in their cycle, just so that you can at least maybe have like somewhat of a plan if things are going downhill. Yeah. You know, or if like, if the person just messages you out of the blue and is like, I just can't, <laughs> then at least you're like, okay, this is where we're at. Like we'll just switch these out these things out quick, or kind of have a plan in preparation for say like the week coming, if you know that there's a potential yeah. um for where they're where they're at, because you're both you both know. Um, then at least yeah, being able to have a plan with them to be like, Okay, hey, if you go in and feel like crap, this is what I want you to do.
0: Yeah, it's all about having a plan ultimately.
1: Yeah.
0: And having a backup plan.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh oh.
0: cool. I I do appreciate you making the time to come on. Mm-hmm. Um I think there's a lot of very viable information on here for people that are coaches or maybe you're not a coach and you're just listening to be maybe more aware of your own body, um some things to consider with your own programming, but I think a lot of good takeaways for coaches that have female clients. And I know, you know, it's probably like a half and half mix always, generally speaking. So mm-hmm. uh, it's important to have these things in the back of your mind. Um, and then if you aren't tracking some of these things, then it'd be good to be able to add to your repertoire and actually be factoring in and considering. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. yeah thanks so much for having me. It's Super fun.
0: Yeah. Um, so to wrap it up, what are what are some things that you have in the works for yourself as far as coaching goes or as far as training goes?
1: Uh, mostly right now, I'm just it's kind of buckling down to prep for my own competitions. Yeah. Um, and then because I'm moving back to Edmonton, um, then I'll be starting to open up a lot more in person uh, sessions at Free Fit.
0: Nice. So yeah. f- when are you, when are you actually moving back to Edmonton?
1: Um, probably be end of June officially. Nice. Yeah. In there. Mm-hmm.
0: Sweet. Well, I'm if I'm very excited to be back if, um, in time for summer, <laughs> yeah. Right. Where, where can people follow you and stay up to date with what you do? I'm going to plug all that stuff in the beginning of the episode too, but if people want to follow you or ask you questions about coaching, where can they, where can they find you?
1: I'm most active on Instagram at Janelle.fit. I have, yeah, that's my main thing. I have some Facebook as well. Same thing, Janelle.fit, but most active on Instagram right now. Awesome
0: cool thank you for coming on again i appreciate your time and uh we'll talk again soon for sure
1: awesome yeah see you soon